0: Hello and welcome back to Generation Collaboration. I'm Sanakshi. And I'm Brayden. Before we begin, please like, subscribe, and follow the show wherever you do your listening.
1: Today we are joined by Jesse Pocock, the Executive Director and CEO of Inside Out Youth Services, and Casper, a senior at a school in the 49th School District in Colorado, and Peer Recovery Coach at Inside Out Youth Services, to talk to us about safe spaces and the importance of a space like Inside Out.
2: Jesse and Casper, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So,
0: I guess our first question here today is where did you guys come up with this idea of creating a safe space and where did it all begin?
2: Well, um, it all began. 33, 34 years ago. So it wasn't my idea. But around that time, there was a lot of things happening in the Colorado Springs community. Amendment 2 is one of the things that was happening. And for those of you who, does anyone know what Amendment 2 was? No. Okay. No. So Amendment 2 was a law that was passed in the state of Colorado that basically legalized discrimination against LGBTQ folks here in housing, other public, accommodations. Um, The folks who are really advocating for that bill were right here in Colorado Springs. And so the community here was really worried because that could mean losing jobs, losing houses. I know teachers who tell me that that at that time they were combing school records to see if there were unmarried teachers because they were concerned that if they were unmarried, that meant they were gay or lesbian. And so that was happening in the community. At that time, there was also a resistance. And the resistance looked like folks organizing against that particular amendment. It looked like the founding of our Pride Center and also the founding of Inside Out Youth Services, which is the oldest LGBTQIA2 plus youth organization in the state of Colorado. And so Regina Dipadova founded Inside Out. And basically, when she founded Inside Out, she's a social worker at the time working for the county health department. And she just really recognized that there were a lot of negative health outcomes for LGBTQ young people. And that it was really important that they have a space to come together and be with each other and have peer support and, and get to have... Uh, an experience of not being othered or outside. And so she founded it as a group of the county health department. And as it grew and grew and grew into what it is now, which is a community center with lots of programming, the mission still remains to be absolutely critical.
1: Thank you for that, Jesse. That's an incredible story. And I I love the principles behind behind founding these spaces. Um, Casper, what does it mean to you to be a part of an organization that advocates for a community like the LGBTQ plus community?
3: I think it's, it's really important to have that, especially around here. Um, there's a sentiment uh, among me and several of my friends who are also queer that, like, I'm... Personally, like I am scared to leave my house alone, uh, and that's not okay. So it's definitely it's uh, very important to have spaces like these where youth are not afraid to be themselves.
1: Thank you for sharing, Jesse. What makes a space like Inside Out a safe space?
2: I think there are a lot of things. I mean, I think one is we have um, we have a brave space rule: be radically welcoming and i think that's part of it it's not just a place to show up to to be yourself it's it's a place that where everybody is welcoming everybody always and so um I think that's key: is just allowing the space to grow and adapt based on the self-expression of the young people who are showing up in the space, and however that looks. I've seen, I've been with Inside Out for about five years now, and just seeing like the way the space changes because of who's here. And so, just allowing that to happen, I think. I think also um, you can't have a space that is welcoming without working on spaces in the community as well to be more welcoming. The other aspect of our, our organization that just still remains so true is, is it isn't okay to just have one space that LGBTQ young people can be at. We need safe schools. We need spaces that are accepting in, in churches and in government. Everywhere that people go should be a, a safe and accepting space for, for the LGBTQ community. It is absolutely critical that we emulate our work inside here, outside in the community. But the other thing that I notice is just like how you feel when you show up here. Like how you can just in the middle of the pandemic, we were doing vaccines here. And all of the nurses that came to do the vaccines were dancing and they were like having so much fun. And they were talking about like, oh my gosh, I wish I had a space like this when I was a teenager and and a place that I could go and just be myself with, you know, trusted adults. And I I think that really, really hits at it. Like all young people everywhere should have a place to go where there are a bunch of adults cheering them on and supporting them and whatever they're up to and what they're interested in while providing, you know, some skills and support in in sort of the life stuff. So I think those are some of some of the pieces that contribute to that.
0: Oh yeah, that's really nice. And like, um, and I know like you mentioned earlier, what do you think is like the difference between like a safe space versus like a brave
2: space? So we we haven't um, you know we started calling it a brave space just a few years back and really it started interestingly with one of my friends that I grew up with. So um, my friend grew up here in the springs and um, and moved to California and had come to inside out as a teenager. So my friend was about 15, 16 and he told his dad that he was going to youth group was raised in a really religious household. And um, when he came here, he met his first sort of trans masculine role model, who he saw him and was like, oh my gosh, that's m- me, that's me. Like, I-, I didn't know, I didn't have the language. So time passes on and and he only came to Inside Out once or twice because when his dad found out that we were an LGBT center, um, he was like told he couldn't come back. So fast forward and he goes to college and that facilitator is now his professor. And um and that facilitator also was a young person at Inside Out. So all of that's to say like I'm having a conversation with him one day talking about brave spaces and safe spaces and he's like, "You know, you can't really create a safe space." Like if you really, really think about it, there are no spaces that are entirely safe. Like something's going to happen. Like we can't promise that someone will come in here and not be, you know, someone won't make an accident and misgender, you know, but we can promise that everybody here is working their hardest to ensure that when folks walk through the door, they're included and they're thought of and that we program you know based on individual needs and so forth and so let's call it a brave space and what what a brave space is is it's a space where you know people are being vulnerable to take risks in including others because the truth is sometimes it feels risky to to folks especially if they haven't been exposed to things like Pronouns and <laughs> like having conversations. So people are encouraged to take risks and show up that way, especially in our intergenerational programming where you have folks here who like just weren't raised with that. And so they're learning, you know, and um, and then we're learning each other. And and the promise really is like, hey, let's like grow together here. And this is going to be like a landing space that that. You'll be supported in growing, and and that we'll also own our mistakes, and and grow f- and learn from them. And so I think that's really, especially now. I mean, just thinking about the climate and the community and what we're facing, like you know, we we will be as safe as possible, but what we can really what you can really count on us is to is to be brave.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's that's so special. I think especially like with a lot of youth and marginalized communities, it's really hard to be able to find like a so-called like safe space. And like, I think inside out youth services, I think that's really cool that you're able to provide that for like youth of the queer community. Cause I know at least for me, like growing up, being able to find like role models or people to look up to from a South Asian background, has been like really difficult. And like, I think in one aspect, social media has definitely helped on that front and so I think it's really nice to see that, like, now that there are new spaces that are available for youth to be able to, I guess, just, like, be themselves or feel safe and feel included. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I really like, Jesse how you were talking about the the aspect of education within a brave space. And I think a lot of, like, you were talking about this political climate, a lot of it comes from people not understanding, right? Like, they're stuck in their background and they're stuck in their story, And they're not empathizing and they're not reaching out and learning more about these other people. And it's really creating a barrier between connections that can and should be made because everybody's unique, everybody's an individual. And if we prevent, if we use our background to prevent us from branching out to other people, like I think that's where a lot of this hate comes from. Casper, I want to ask you, being a part of a brave space like Inside Out, what is that like as a youth?
3: It's like empowering in a way um, because I can help like make change um, and make it less just bad to live (laughs) for um, people like me and just uh, help lift them up and not I don't. People say, like, I'll speak on behalf of them, but I don't like speaking on behalf of them. I like letting them do the speaking for themselves and just, like, supporting them.
1: That's amazing. So you're, like, a pure mentor.
3: I can be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is it kind of like a, you learn from the other youth and they learn from you and you just support each other in your journeys in Colorado Springs?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, that's That describes it pretty well.
1: Um tell us a little bit about your involvement at Inside Out. Like what what programs are you involved in? What how do you reach out to other youth?
3: So a lot of what I do is on the online space cuz I just don't have the time to come in the physical space as often. We'll help like give youth resources and talk with youth if they want um if they want that. And we'll just like help support them through their journey and do what we can to help them.
1: Excellent. Jesse, what is it what does it mean to you to see youth actively invested in a space that you fought so hard to make sure is brave?
2: Well, I mean, I think, you know, it hasn't been just me that's invested in this space. I mean, I think that's part of what's so amazing about it is that, that young people are, especially like the Discord server. So that conversation, the you know, the reason that the Discord server even happened was because we were about to have a pandemic. Like we knew we were going to have to shut down in a week and a young person, like there was already a crew of Inside Out young folks who were on a Discord server, and then one of them built it out for us. (laughs) So like, that is how it goes, right? Like a community really is a community. And um, I'll never forget later on having a young person um, at one of our board meetings talking about the server. I think this was before your time. Um, Maybe the cohort, the the peer advisor cohort right before you, but was telling the board, like the board was like, well, what happens when people get in fights on Discord? And the young person at the time was like, oh, there's really not a lot of that. Like, it's pretty well moderated and just sort of went into like, everybody's like really positive and supportive. And like, I think that sort of, that creates the culture, right? Is that like, we can have, brave space agreements on the wall and like as a staff team can like model and like you know, call accountability to it, but it's the young people really holding themselves accountable and holding each other accountable and really taking the leadership on that that makes the space what it is. I mean, look, this space is inside out. Like this physical space is the young people's space. And so that ownership is what creates like the pictures on the wall or even, you know, just thinking of Doodle and Talk, which is you see all these like really cool doodles on the wall. That is from one of our former youth turned peer advisor, turned program assistant, like leading doodle and talk, you know? So like that really happens here where young people get involved and they enjoy the space and then they like do a volunteer role or an internship role and then end up like leading their own things. And so I think that is really the heart of what is possible at Inside Out. And and that's that's what creates this.
0: No, oh, I love that. I mean, I can see the drawings up on the wall. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. If you were just joining us, you are listening to Generation Collaboration, a co-production of Colorado Young Leaders and Youth on Record.
1: Today, we are in Colorado Springs recording this episode at Inside Out Youth Services, an organization that provides support to LGBTQIA2 youth. We're speaking with their executive director and CEO, Jesse Pocock, and Casper, a peer recovery coach at Inside Out.
0: So, Casper, can you share a little bit more about, like, how youth have been working with the staff to create kind of, like, that intergenerational programming?
3: Yeah, so we'll um, talk with each other. And I know recently there's been a lot of surveys sent out of, like, what are you comfortable as staff or, like, evaluating the safety of the space? Um there were surveys sent out with, like, what are you comfortable in terms of security? Like, are you comfortable with armed security? Are you comfortable with security in uniforms? Um, so it's a lot of, like, making sure that the youth are feeling welcome in the space while still doing what you can to make sure that the the space follows what it needs to follow, if that makes sense.
0: No, yeah, it does. Well,
1: and Jesse, I want to—as I'm talking to you, I'm staring at this beautiful poster— that says, when you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a taller wall. And I think that that, that quote can really, um, I think that quote a lot of politicians should hear. What is it like? What's the political climate like in Colorado Springs right now?
2: I think it's always been a little challenging in Colorado Springs for this community and other marginalized communities like many communities. It can be a challenge to have, you know, elected officials that look like you, that come from similar backgrounds as you. And so, you know, certainly we see that in El Paso County. The community has a reputation for being um, pretty socially conservative um, and also conservative tax-wise, public service-wise. And and my experience is that that is, you know, certainly impacted, you know, access to services for LGBTQ people. It's impacted, um, you know, it, it, it's so important that that young people have folks that they can look up to that are doing the work that they wanna be doing. But, you know, to my knowledge, we haven't ever had an elected official here that's LGBTQ. And, oh, I take that back. We have one. This is so exciting. Wait a second. That's so fun that I get to say this. And I'm like overjoyed about it because seriously, I've lived here my whole life, my entire life. Stephanie v. Hill um is up at the state capitol and uh, is representing a district down here. In fact, the district where Club Q is located and was elected the last election. So now we have a lawmaker who is, in fact um LGBTQ. And that is just like, I'm just so overjoyed about that. It just really, really matters to have someone making rules and laws that has a similar experience or more diverse experiences than other lawmakers might. So, I, you know, again, I'd say the politics can be really conservative. And I'd also say Amendment 2 is still deeply embedded in a lot of our institutions in Colorado Springs. We see a lot of wild things happening at school board meetings, a lot of anti-LGBTQ policies being promoted. We see a ton of that right now. Um, and and so that is really, really concerning where, you know, gosh, I think even in your, your district recently, they were um, arguing about whether or not you could display a pride flag in school. So it's like really, really uh, interesting things happening. Um, I think schools come to my mind because... That's just an area where there's a lot of tension right now and an area where LGBTQ young folks are feeling, and families and teachers are feeling very targeted by anti-LGBTQ policies. Um, and certainly we've seen that among almost all of our school boards, just really radical anti-LGBTQ sentiments. So it's it's hard, you know, it's really hard when you, you grow up here and you live here and, and people are actively working to say you don't belong. That just doesn't feel good. And it has real life consequences.
0: Yeah, no, I and I talked a little bit about like how youth, especially in like schools and their families and all of that, are like being impacted in light like of recent events. So, like, since we are down here recording in Colorado Springs, how has your community kind of been after the events at Club Q? I
3: Um, I know there's a lot of people feeling unsafe, or at least more unsafe than they already did. Cause I mean, Club Q is supposed to be a place where That was safe for for queer people to go to, but that was upended, so it's sort of like this could happen anywhere, so they don't really feel safe in any space around here. I know I, I don't as much as I used to.
2: Yeah, there is something about having space that feels so sacred, you know, like... I feel that way so much about the work and the place of Inside Out and certainly the other LGBTQ places that are specifically, like, not just, like, this is your space, but, like, this is your space, (laughs) you know? Like, really, I I think that's part of what I love so much about the queer community is that it's really expansive and it's really— kind and it's really open and it's really brave like so much of what lgbtq people have had to live through is is woven into the fabric of our spaces and it's again born out of resistance and also born out of love and what we bring to this world is so powerful and so beyond the binary in so many ways and having one of those spaces attacked is so devastating. I was mentioning earlier that it's been like one of the, like it's been the leadership challenge of my life to be in this in this place now after like, you know, seeing the community, after losing people in the community after, so this is a small place, right? So, so there isn't one of us here that hasn't been impacted by Club Q and the shooting that took place. And, um, you know, has a loved one or a friend or a former youth or current youth who are supposed to be there or whatever, you know, just like it feels like a betrayal. I personally feel really angry. How do we hold brave, safe spaces now when, when we've had that space betrayed? How do we feel coming together now contending with the reality of, of real fear you know and not pretending like something real like gun violence and a mass shooting like really happened it really happened and so contending with like okay that's the reality of of what occurred in our community what can we do to be as preventative possible moving forward and also just the reality that it is so unfair so unfair So places like Inside Out are even more important in this moment.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And now, like, kind of moving forward after these events, how are you and, like, your community being able to rebuild and kind of, like, recover from that?
2: I feel like I'm going to be able to answer this really well in five years, (laughs) you know, (laughs) where I can look back and be like, this is the path we charted. And, like, you know, right now I just feel like I'm just so in it that... I don't know. I think that's where so many of us are. We're in it and we're doing like little small things, you know, and big things and trying to figure out how to take care of our community. You know, I keep hearing from everybody like that this is, the impacts of this will be felt through lifetimes, you know, and certainly in the survivors and certainly in the lives of those who have lost people like we had so many federal officials come to Colorado Springs to ask how to help. And I kept saying, can you tell us what to do? Like, tell us what we need help with. Because we don't know, like we have some sense of like, here are the things we need, but like, where is your recovery book after a mass shooting? Like, this is something that we ought to have now. Um, given that this is what we are dealing with. And so those kinds of things come to mind in terms of like how do we how do we recover? Can we get some help? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. What are you noticing?
3: I think it's just uh, a lot of people are just wanting the space back mm-hmm. to what it was. There's a lot of people like asking, like, when will the space reopen? And um, I mean, the best I can tell them is we have, the Discord uh, programs going on right now, we don't know. So I think there's just a yearning for that space a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So
1: Casper, it sounds like there's a lot of uncertainty around this. I mean, you had a safe space, uh, one of the only space safe spaces in Colorado Springs. Like Jesse said, be betrayed. I mean, somebody came in and actively hurt and killed people like that's not okay, and you mentioned yourself like you don't feel safe walking alone in your community, like that's not okay. What can you do as an individual like if there's there's other people out there who I'm sure feel similar to you, like what can you do to combat this this stigma, this hate that's just infiltrating a community and making you feel unsafe like how do you navigate that
3: I'm not sure I mean. What I try to do is just like empathize with the other people who are feeling the same way and make sure that we are like addressing our feelings and not just pushing them aside and then like doing what I can to help support them through that
1: excellent and jesse, how about you how do you, how do you navigate
2: i just i I just want to take a moment like I love that answer. <laughs> I love that answer for so many reasons. And one of the reasons that I love it is that like just that recognition of like, what can I do? I can be like, I can be good to my friends. I can be caring. Like that means the world, right? Like that connection is so important. That is preventative. That is helpful. Um, And so really like I think there are so many different levels and layers of what people can do to help. And one is just be good. One is be kind. One is be loving. One is be affirming, caring, uplifting, supportive. Like, like that is so wonderful. Everybody can do that, right? Like, everybody can do that. That is something everyone can do. You know, there's, of course, other actions in terms of, like, building relationship. And that's a huge one to me lately is like, how can I build relationships with people that might not know people like me? And and how can I use that building of relationship to build curiosity and empathy and compassion? And how can I bridge communities. And and those types of things have really been on my mind. One of the things that I'm working on this year, or that like I set it as a goal, was to like, um, yeah, just, just build more bridges in the community with folks and individuals that I might not ever work with because of my role at Inside Out. But maybe if we get to know each other a little bit more, we can find ways where we can all come together in support of young people. I mean, I think the thing that I always say is, um, is really that trusted adult component, like be somebody that somebody else can trust with something that's hard, you know, and, and, um, if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, you know, whatever, just, just be, be the individual that is just accepting because young people will come to you when they figure that out, that they can talk to you. And sometimes that's really, really necessary and critical, I think also like hearing you say what I can do is like work super hard to get this place back open. Because just that reality of knowing like everybody just wants to come back. I want to come back too, you know, like, you know, just making sure that we can come back as swiftly as possible and just reminding everybody, look, Inside Out has been here for 33 years. We ain't going nowhere, okay? (laughs) Like that is not going to happen. We are going to be open, of course. But it can feel like a long time when this is your spot and you can't go to it. I will tell you there are days, you know, where young people are here before we open all the way till we close. Every single day. So um, knowing that we can't be that right now is, is just really hard. And, and like for me on my plate right now is just getting it back open safely as, as we can and um, swiftly as we can. I
0: know, I know Casper, you talked a little bit about like Discord and like working with them virtually. How has that been?
3: I think a lot of what is happening on Discord is just like we'll open a voice channel and youth can come in and talk. Uh, And then we'll have like the normal programs, but we'll also just like, we'll play games and stuff. We'll just have like fun with the youth. So they have a space where they can have fun. Um, Even if they can't come in here physically, they can still like hang out with their friends and at least have a distraction if nothing else.
1: And Casper, I want to ask you about something that Jesse mentioned earlier. Um,
3: What does acceptance mean to you? I think it's it's more than just respect because I know uh, people talk a lot about respect. And, yes, that is a part of it. <laughs> um, but you also have to, like, be willing to learn and take responsibility for your actions, whether they be good or bad, um, and just learn with the, the people you're around. And, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you.
0: Oh yeah. I appreciate that. I think I like that you talked about, like, it's a little bit more than respect. Cause I feel like oftentimes like acceptance is like associated with respect when in fact, like, you know, you could see somebody on the street and be like, Oh, okay. Like whatever, I respect you. And then just like move on with your day. I I completely agree. And I think acceptance is a little bit more of like, I guess almost like involvement and taking that next step to kind of like be inclusive and kind of be more welcoming and open-minded. Um, This is like very abstract, but like um, I think especially for people of marginalized communities, I think taking that extra step further to make them feel included and kind of like less like outsiders, if that makes sense. So, so yeah.
1: What role do you foresee inside out playing in the future and expanding acceptance and education and bridging those gaps in communities?
2: Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that we provide is is education in the community. And we also, you know, we have a policy advocacy committee. We have a Safe at Schools coalition, which are really um, folks coming together to to do more direct, specific grassroots engagement in making schools more uh, inclusive in telling our stories to public officials or other, you know, individuals who are making decisions around uh, our rights, for example, or our access or our ability to be who we are in public everywhere— I think what we do with our outreach education program, we spend a lot of time with teachers, counselors, really anyone just sort of doing this, hey, we know that you want to be inclusive for young people. Let's help you feel more confident about that. And that's really what our education model looks like because we experience, you know, a lot of folks really do want to be supportive. A lot of folks really do want to use pronouns, but again, they just need they need their confidence and they need practice. So we give that to them, um, and I think that really is helpful. And then things like our LGBTQ plus health equity project where we're looking at hospital systems and saying, how can we support you in being more inclusive so that LGBTQ plus Young people and people are more likely to seek your services. Are more likely to, um, you know, to reduce some of that gap in health outcomes for LGBTQ plus people. So, so really, it's a combination of really practical skills that we provide, but also at the higher level of, hey, let's dive into your policies and practices and see where you might be missing the mark, and let's give you some recommendations on how you could do that better, and then hey, maybe at some point we'll have a program with inside-out young people where they can be like, you know, meeting physicians and having conversations, asking questions, um, learning about ways to tap into health in, in a more inclusive manner so it's not so scary, intimidating, or even um, exclusive.
3: There's even just a support group for um, parents of trans and gender expansive uh, youth that— I, volunteers from inside out or something along those lines uh, help host for um parents of of kids who are trans to help navigate how to support their child and how to best go about that
2: I think we have like uh, over a hundred parents or caregivers on that um, email list and and it really is it's also about like. you know, caregivers are having a different experience than their young person is. So how can they have support in their experience while learning how to support their young person? So it is super cool.
1: That's awesome. That's really powerful. I mean, you're really, really bridging the gap between communities. I mean, it sounds like Inside Out is really, they're focused on youth. But They're also focused on helping youth through their parents and making a a brave space at home and at hospitals and at schools. And this all kind of sounds like the adult world, like health policy and uh, public policy. And Casper, where do you see youth or where would you like to see youth get involved in this quote unquote adult world?
3: Well, I know a good option we were talking earlier is just lobby day, just going and seeing like... What uh, laws are being implemented? How can I help with, you know, either fighting against these laws that are harmful or helping lift up these policies that will really help queer people in the community? And that's that's a great option that youth have to go and learn about that and that sort of thing. Inside Out has a, um, I think it's called adulting. It's like a 18 plus program where they they help with just like, you know, finances and and stuff, um, just help them figure out how to live as an adult, um, things like that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So kind of as we wrap up here, um, I wanted to hear from both you, Jesse, and Casper. What would you like to share with your community? Like any one message?
2: The community is incomplete when we are not in it. So bring us in. Um, I think just...
3: Focus on what you can focus on. And if if you're able to focus on that bigger stuff at the time, go for it. If you need to focus on yourself for a second, that's okay. <laughs> Just do what you can. We're all working. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jesse and Casper, thank you so much for joining us here today. It was great to learn more about you and hear your stories. To learn more about Inside Out Youth Services, visit www.insideoutys.org or follow them on Instagram at insideoutys.
1: Thank you again for listening to Generation Collaboration. Before you go, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen.
0: Generation Collaboration is produced by David Layden and Lauren Steve-Pack. Our theme song, Find It, was recorded at Youth on Record by Esme Patterson and members of the Youth on Record community.
1: Generation Collaboration is a co-production of Colorado Young Leaders and Youth on Record. Learn more about Colorado Young Leaders at coloradoyoungleaders.org or on Instagram and TikTok at coyoungleaders. You can learn more about Youth on Record at youthonrecord.org and on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at youthonrecord.
0: Thank you for listening and we hope you'll join us again next month here on Generation Collaboration.